Hey, well, welcome to New Life. If you love Jesus today, wherever you are, would you just make some noise right now? Come on, give it up. Give it up. Make some noise. If you are joining us online, would you just drop in in the comments right there? You know, the hand lifted, jazz hands, whatever. You, I call them worship hand emoji. Drop it in if you love Jesus. So glad you're here. My name's Chris, and I'm from Kansas City. Kansas City, all right? And it's going to be a super day. I'm super excited about the super message I have for you today. It's going to be a good day. So glad that you are here. Well, if you can't tell already at New Life, we are excited. We are passionate about the marching orders that we have received from Jesus. We are passionate about giving our lives, about stewarding our our gifts and our talents, about being stewards of his resources, about going the extra mile, encountering God one more time, planning one more church, launching one more campus, empowering one more leader. We're excited about that. Why are we excited about that? And it's all for the one, Jesus who is passionate and his heart beats for the one more. That one more person would encounter Jesus and be changed forever by him. That one more would find spiritual relationships. That one more person would be empowered to serve. That one more would take one more step to becoming more like Jesus. And guess what? You are the one more. You are the one more. And today, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus at all of our campuses, including our global campus online, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you are the one more. And here's the good news about getting into God's family. You can't be good enough to get in, and you have not been bad enough to be kept out. Come on, somebody. Is that exciting? God loves you, and he wants to invite you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So today, before you leave or log off, you're going to have an opportunity to do that. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you're a Christian, you are the one more as well. And we've set the table today for you to encounter Jesus in a powerful way. Your life would be changed, that you would take one step closer to him and become like him. In fact, if you're at one of our campuses right now, turn to your neighbor and tell them, I am the one more. Come on, tell them that. At our online campus, drop it in the comments right now. Come on, every single one of you, no eye roll emojis right now. Drop it in. I am the one more. You are the one more. And God is here to encounter you, and we do it all for him, for his glory. And so today we're kicking off a new series called Overflow. It's called Overflow. Jesus said it like this, talking about overflow in Luke 6, verse 45. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of, the, out of his evil treasure produces evil. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Such a simple statement. Very, it makes a lot of sense. It's, it's very logical, but deeply profound. And you know, when I think of overflow, I think of water. I think of a water source. You might think of a river that flows into a reservoir right? And then man somehow controls as best we can the overflow over the dam or through the power uh, plant. Or you might think of a container and water is poured into that container. And if it keeps pouring in, it overflows. And here's the crazy thing about the overflow. If dirty water flows into a dirty container, then guess what continues to flow out? Dirty water, right? Now, if clean water flows into a clean container, you're going to have an overflow of clean, a clean water. 
The point is that what flows in and the condition or the nature of the vessel determines the nature of the overflow. And so today, if you're outside of relationship with Jesus, your container is full of self, it's full of independence from God, doing life your own way, then can I just challenge you right now, just to today position yourself Position yourself under the waterfall of Jesus, of his presence, of his truth. Don't just dip your toes in the water. Don't just say, you know what, I've been to church before. I kind of understand what this thing is all about. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, would you just position yourself under the waterfall? Here's the beautiful thing about overflow. If your life is all messed up, but you pour Jesus in, guess what? That clean water will eventually clean out all the junk, and a bunch of junk's going to come out, but then living waters are going to begin to flow out of you. And so today at all of our locations, a campus pastor is going to come up before you leave. In fact, you don't even have to wait for them, but we promise you this. They're going to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus and allow him to be your Lord and leader. At our online campus, if you're on our, through our website, through that a part of our online campus, there's a place at the end of the service where you can click to raise your hand and say, I commit my life to Jesus. If you're on social media or YouTube, you just drop it in the comments. Hey, I want to surrender my life to Jesus, but take a step today before you leave to make things right with God. And so today we're looking at a letter in the Bible called Galatians. It's a, a letter that was written by a man named Paul. Now, if you are new to faith, you need to get to know this guy named Paul. Paul, before he was called Paul, was called Saul, and Saul hated Christians. Before he came to faith, he thought that his life's purpose was to make life miserable for Christians to persecute them. In fact, he thought his whole mission was to stamp them out, even to the point of murder. And this Paul comes in contact with Jesus, and his life is radically transformed and changed. And here's what I want to say before we jump into our text. If, if Jesus can change a person like Paul then I don't care what your background is, what you came to church with today. God can change anybody if he can change Paul, and that includes you. How many have been changed by God and can testify to that? If God can change Paul, he can change me. And so in this series, we're looking at the overflow of the follower of Christ in this letter that Paul wrote to the Galatians. In chapter, chapter number 6, verses 1 through 3, it'll be on your screen, or please open up your your phone or your device and get the Bible app if you don't have it, the Bible app, click on events and get the sermon because, man, I put some amazing quotes today, I, amazing quotes today uh, in there. You're going to want to save those things, but most importantly, the scripture that we're going over today, and you can hit save and just uh, remember what we're talking about today later in the week. Galatians chapter 6, and again, he's talking about the overflow of a follower of Christ. Dear brothers and sisters, remember as we talk, he's speaking to Christians here. If another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly or spiritual should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful, be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. First two, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Now, I'm not going to ask you to turn to your neighbor and tell them you're not that important. That's not going to feel very good, but you know, it's in the Bible there, at least the New Living Translation's version of that. But what Paul is talking about is the overflow of a follower of Christ. If another Christian is weighed down, if you find another Christian who is burdened, 
See, see it, first of all, see it, and then do something to help, to lift the load. And Jesus said, he said, don't be like the life-crushing law pushers in Matthew 23, verse 4. He said, they crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Don't be like them. Don't be a life-crushing law pusher. In other words, be a load lifter. This is the overflow of someone who has been changed from the inside out. And by the way, Paul's writing Galatians to people that he dearly loved. If you read the book, it's very, I mean, it's a very confrontational letter. He's writing it to a group of churches that he started in one of his, uh, his first missionary journey to Asia Minor. These churches in, in southern Galatia, mostly made up of Gentiles, but they are being influenced by these people called the Judaizers. And they were these people that were trying to tell these Christians that if you're going to be a Christian, you can do all this. But really what you do is you have to obey the law of Moses. And, and Paul's trying to undo the influence that they're having on him and talk about, really, here's what happens when you're changed from the inside out. There's an overflow that's transformed. You can't change from the outside in. Now, some of you are wondering, what, what am I supposed to do with my life? Have you ever wondered that? What am I supposed to do with my life? Do you know that's not something that's just for the young? You might be here today or with us on our global campus and wondering, what, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing with my life? Or maybe let's break it down simpler. What am I supposed to do today? What am I supposed to do this week? Here's a ministry for some of you that if you will, that if you will do this, this will bring you more satisfaction than any amount of money. And it's this, develop the ability to notice the burdens of others and devote yourself daily to lifting them and making them lighter. Be a load lifter. Be a load lifter. And so I want you to think about this right now at all of our locations and online. What is one way? I want you to engage your brain right now. What is one way that this week you can lift somebody's load? Think about it. Capture it in your mind. What is one way, simple way? Online, drop it in the comments. Come on, share your ideas right now. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them the one thing that you thought of right now at all of our locations. What's one way? that you can be a load lifter. Turn to your neighbor. Come on, everybody. Let's all participate. What's one way you can be a load lifter? Come on, commit to that. Galatians 6, verse 2, he says this. In this way, obey or fulfill the law of Christ. In this way, by lifting the other load, of somebody else or helping somebody who's caught in sin get back on track in this way fulfill the law of Christ. Now that's a strange thing if you read Galatians. It's a strange thing to read when you read other places like in chapter 5 when it says when you are directed by the Spirit you're not under obli the obligation to the law of Moses. But now he's talking about the law of Christ. Are we given a more radical law, a more uh, you know, burdensome law now that, that Jesus has come? Well, you see the difference is Moses, he's talking about in chapter 5, verse 13 or 18, if you want to look that up. The difference is that the law that Moses gave in the Old Testament, he gave it from God. But Moses or that law could not change our hearts so that we would freely obey. The difference now when Jesus comes and he calls us to obey, he offers, him, he offers us himself to slay the, the dragon, the giant of pride in our life so that we will freely, naturally overflow with a heart that wants to obey and love completely. That's what overflow is all about. 
God comes in, he changes us, and there's this overflow that we freely obey the law of Christ. So he says, when you do this, you will, you will fulfill the, or obey the law of Christ. I would argue that one angle on that, that law of Christ, is what Jesus said the greatest commandments are. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. If you allow God to change you from the inside out, overflow in, in a compassionate awareness of people's burdens. And we're going to talk about the person that I believe specifically one through three is about when he talks about the person who is caught in sin. But when we have an awareness and we, ex we lovingly, gently share the burden, we obey or fulfill the law of Christ. And then Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, I love this. It says, for God is working in you. This is Paul again giving us the promise of the overflow. For the Christian, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Can you see how that's the overflow of God at work in my life? That it's things that I can't do, I don't naturally want to do, that my sinful nature tries to pull me in the opposite direction. But when God is working in me, there's an overflow of a desire to do his will and the power to actually do his will. Then in verse 1 of Galatians, there's a specific kind of weight that we help with when we overflow with Christ's kind of love. He says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer, another Christian, is overcome by some sin, you who are godly or spiritual, another version would say that, should gently and humbly help that person back on to the right path. Now, when you really think about it, this sounds great, but let's think about how doing that in practice, actually putting that into practice, is pretty heavy, isn't it? We tend to think of somebody's burdens as things like a death in the family, sickness, financial strain, relational tension, loneliness, things like that. And, and those who bear those burdens as victims, and we want to come along and share, share those burdens, and that is true. And if you're a follower of Christ, there should be an overflow and a desire, a motivation to share those loads. But Paul shows us in verse 1 that burdens include sin. And those who are weighed down include offenders. And Paul says, help that person back onto the right path or restore him. Another version would translate that as. The word actually means, it means that, but there's another way to say it, make things right. You see somebody caught in sin, make things right. Help them, restore them, get them back onto the right path. Path. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 21, we're not going to go there, but that, that same word was used for repairing torn nets. Are you getting the picture? When you see a brother or sister who is caught up, they're weighed down in a sin, help to mend the net, restore them, get them back on the right path. And the truth is, it seems easier. It, is, it seems easier to help somebody who is a, has a burden of sickness or death in the family or financial strain or stress in their life. But it's much harder to engage someone about their sin, right? But wouldn't you agree that a sinful habit, somebody who is caught in a sinful habit, that that is far more harmful to them than any of those other burdens? So Paul says, hey, there's this overflow. And there's a humility that has to come along with it. We're going to talk about that. But there's an overflow of helping somebody on the right path. Now, this passage is narrowly focused on how Christians need to help other 
Christians be reconciled, right? Share their burden, lift the load, help somebody who is caught in a sin. But let me broaden it today and go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, and we're going to look at verses 17 and 18. This should be a life verse for all of us. He says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Can I get an amen for that? Come on and online, drop it in the notes. Amen. That's good news. And all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I love that. I want that to sink in. If you are in Christ, then you are a new creation. Come on, let's just start right back there. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. That should put some pep in your step. If you're at home today, come on, that should put some groove in your move. All right, that's the best rhyme I got. That, I mean, cue up the Spotify. Come on, right now, turn it on. You should do a victory lap around your living room. Let your kids know. Let your spouse know. I am. Let your social media superficial friends know right now. Come on. I am a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. I will never be the same because Jesus, I had an encounter with him. He changed my life, and he's forever changing me. Bring on the future. Come on, somebody. Some of you need to break up with a dysfunctional version and affection towards your old self and allow Jesus to introduce you to his version of your future self. Amen? And get connected to, I am a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And then it says this, all this is from God. And that's important. Because you cannot manufacture this on your own. You cannot manufacture salvation on your own, peace on your own, purpose, joy, identity, strength. You cannot manufacture this on your own. It is all from God. And that's very important because it gives this grace more credibility, doesn't it? Think about it. If the world's, if the world's need for grace was dependent upon your ability to forgive... Let me reverse, let me just bring it to me. If the world's need for grace was dependent upon Chris Puccini's ability to forgive, you're all doomed, right? But what gives me confidence is it says, this is from God. It is a gift from a perfect God, all-powerful God. This is from God who reconciled us to himself. He bridged the gap. He mended the nets. He got us onto the right path. This is from God. And then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I love it. I love it. It feeds the cause of New Life Church to see people find Jesus and lives change. Why are we planting more campuses? Because we've been given this cause that's undergirded by this ministry that we've been given, the ministry of reconciliation. To the teenager that's listening at all of our locations right now, he has given you the ministry of reconciliation, whether it's with your friends or your family, he's given you the ministry of reconciliation. To the single mom that's watching right now trying to wrangle your kids at home, he's given you the ministry of reconciliation. To the husband and wife that's watching, but you're watching in separate rooms right now for whatever reason, if you're in Christ, he has given you the ministry of reconciliation. If you're a Christ follower, if you are in Christ, 
That person that you haven't talked to in months, come on. I want you to think about who they are if that's somebody in your life. If you're a Christ follower, he's given you the ministry of reconciliation. And guess what? It's not just for pastors. It's for pastors. It's not just for pastors, but everyone in Christ. Everyone in Christ. These are your marching orders to help share the load, to be a load lifter, not a life crusher, not a law pusher. He's given you the ministry of reconciliation. So when we talk about helping others, especially in scenarios when we've been wounded, we've been sinned against, people often say things like, I I just can't. I can't reconcile. In other words, when they say I can't, it's I won't. I refuse to forgive, right? And let me just say, that is one of the most dangerous and most prideful statements and attitudes to have. Because see, at the root of it is unforgiveness when we refuse to reconcile. It's unforgiveness. And unforgiveness, it's like, it's like a bungee upon your life. And then it will snap you back years, sometimes even decades. You had something happen in your life one time and you refuse to, you say, I won't, I can't, and you don't deal with that. Something will happen at some time in your life and that bungee will stretch and it will snap you back. The longer you wait for reconciliation, and let's think about people that we're called to help, the longer we wait to help somebody who's carrying a load, the heavier it gets for them. The longer that we wait for somebody who's stuck in sin in their life, the more the more uh, heavy, the heavier that weight is going to probably get for them unless they find freedom from uh, revelation or someone else comes along. It's one of the most prideful, dangerous things to say. I refuse to help. I can't help. And the tension in your life, if you refuse, the tension, you can go, you can say, hey, uh, you know, this happened to me when I was younger, but you, you moved on to adulthood. You're now in your 40s the prime of our lives, right? Come on. And that, and that bungee is stretched to the max and it's about to snap. Or we say, you know, it's, it's not my fault. It's their fault. Whether or not they, it's something they did against me or something they just did in their own life, we say, it's not my fault. It's not my responsibility. In other words, I didn't make this mistake. But get this, we are, if you're a Christian, we are in Christ. We take our cue from Christ. Amen? Jesus, uh, think about what Jesus did when he went to the cross. At all of our campuses, we have crosses to remind us of what Jesus did. He did something uncomfortable for us to reconcile us. And now he asks us as followers of Christ to do something that's uncomfortable for us for him. So it might be uncomfortable to help somebody share their burden, to lift their load, Somebody who's caught in sin, it might be very uncomfortable to gently and lovingly confront, correct, you know, realign, help them realign, to help them reconcile. But we say, this is the overflow of Christ in me. These are my marching orders. This is my mandate. In fact, it's just bubbling up within me. I can't get away from it. And now, in Christ, I have the grace working in my life. That's greater than any grace that I can produce on my own. So I can engage because of the overflow. And then verse 3 of Galatians 6, he says, If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not 
that important. That's a pretty strong attack on pride that Paul is given there, wouldn't you say? And there's a lot of context to what he's doing there that's broader than the narrow focus today about the people that, that are so religious. They, they just want to weigh other people down. Attack your pride by remembering this. We're not going to go there, but Romans 5.8. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If we would let that sink in, soak over us, embrace that truth, it will be an attack upon our pride. Think about Jesus bought and brought forgiveness and reconciliation for you in spite of our sin. Meaning that you can be reconciled to God not because of anything you've done, but in spite of what you've done. That's the good news. So you're not reconciled to God because you are that impressive but because Jesus is that merciful. And so the challenge for all of us is not so much receiving grace from God, but how do I extend grace from other, to others? And some of the objections to extending, lifting the load, helping somebody, some of the objections that are common are things like this. You know, it's just too complicated. You know, everybody thinks, a lot of people think that their situation is just so unique. Nobody has ever had a relation, a spouse like this. Nobody has ever had a situation like this. And we over-exaggerate the uniqueness of our situation. We say, you know what, you know, Pastor Chris, there's just so much you don't know and don't understand. And if you're saying that today, if you're listening online right now and you're saying that, you're probably right. I don't, there's a lot that I don't know about your situation. There's a lot that I don't understand. But God does. God knows everything about everyone and all the the uniquenesses of your situation, the complexities of the relationship, the family, the workplace, the financial strain, your past, the wounds. He knows all of that. And he is confident in his ability to reconcile anyone and anything, all people. I mean, his track record, come on, think about it. His track record is unbelievable. And so if you're not engaged in lifting the load of others because you're saying, you know, it's too difficult, you know, you don't understand, it's too complex, can I just say that that is a poor excuse? Because think about how does a perfect God, perfect, holy, righteous How does he reconcile a broken world that's full of people that are rejecting him, full of evil and injustice? Somehow, though, he overcame the complications of a broken humanity. And I'm telling you, this grace that God has can overcome the complications of your situation. Another objection is, you know, if I help somebody who's in sin or if I reconcile or if I share someone's load, then it's condoning. If I help someone, it's... It's condoning, it's giving them a pass, it's endorsing their behavior. But once again, if you're a Christian, can I just say, we are Jesus people, amen? We take our instructions from him. He started providing grace while we were still sinners. And when you weren't even on board with his plan, those of you who are Christ followers, when you weren't on board with his plan, he made Away. So what you find is that grace is not condoning, it's empowering and it's freeing. And what it accomplishes, us, accomplishes leaves us healed. Another objection is, you know, it will never work. It'll never work. 
You don't understand the dynamics. They will never change. Let me just tell you, it always works. It always works, meaning it may not fully restore the relationship because reconciliation takes two. It takes two people. But what you will find is that it always works on you. And as you engage in the overflow of Jesus in you, flowing out of you, helping others, lifting the load, engage in the ministry of reconciliation, as you do that, you will find that God's ways will be produced more and more and more in your life. He will work on you in as many ways as you can imagine in the ministry of reconciliation. Even if it doesn't seem to work on that other person, as far as reconciling the relationship, it will work on you. So here's the problem with that. We say... We say, you can be reconciled to God in spite of anything you've done. How many agree with that? You can be reconciled to God in spite of anything that you've done. But you can't be reconciled to me because of something you've done. I mean, what an arrogant, hypocritical standard, right? Think about it. That's saying that my standards are higher than God's standards. That I know more then God, and what a destructive level of pride I believe that Paul there is attacking. So recognize if I can be reconciled to God, then I can be reconciled to anybody, to anyone, including that spouse, including the coworker, including that family member, the friend. And God wants you so full of himself, church, so full that you overflow with his heart for other people. The ministry of sharing burdens, lifting the loads, gently helping other people and not ignoring it, other people who are caught in sin. And then what happens? Galatians 2.20. Again, this is Paul. He gives us another picture. He says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. The old self that made excuses, that did its own thing, that held grudges, that refused to help other people, that lorded the burden of the law on others who were caught in sin. It's been crucified. It's, it's dead. It's been crucified with Christ. I, long, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, that is the picture of the overflow. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Jesus living through me. And it can cause us to engage the mission of reconciliation to be load lifters instead of life crushers. So here we are, another weekend at New Life Church, gathered to worship and make much of the one, Jesus. The one whose heart is for the one more. His heart is for you. Watching online, his heart is for you. If you're stuck living for yourself, living self-consumed, your own life, your own plans, your own self-destructive habits and behavior, Jesus can come in and change you from the inside out and overflow with something greater than behavior modification and just external slaps on your wrist and accountability. He can change you from the inside out. If you're stuck in a sin habit, can I just encourage you, get back on the right track. Come to Jesus and let him mend the nets. Let him restore you. If you've been around church for a while, can I say this loud and clear? Be a load lifter. Be a load lifter. We want to be a church that's honest about sin, but gentle. And what is our motive? Not to lord it over others, 
not to see other people uh, condemned by God, but our heart's motive is that they would be reconciled to God, that they would get right back, they would get back on the right track, and that the world would know by our love for one another that we are followers of Jesus. We are different. We don't take our marching orders from our sinful nature or from what the world says, but from Jesus who is overflowing in our lives at all of our locations. Would you stand to your feet online? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, we thank you for your word that is living, that's active, that's smarter than anything that I can come up with. By your spirit right now, during this talk, Lord, you've been speaking to people. There's people and there's friends that I have that, that I don't even know their names, but they're friends because you've connected us in this moment that are outside of relationship with you. And today they've been exposed to what it looks like to be changed from the inside out and what it would look like for an overflow of their life to be something beautiful, not perfect yet in this life, but being perfected. And I pray for them that today they, they wouldn't even wait for the campus pastor to come, but that that would be a moment to solidify. But even right now, they would surrender their life to you and say, Jesus, come in and overflow in me from the inside out. And I pray for my friends in the room that we've been around this thing for a while. Oh, God, I pray that the hunger would never, would never wane, that we would never get burned out or tired out, but there would be a constant inflow of your presence, your truth, your word, that would overflow in powerful, dynamic ways, transform the people around us. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.